0: with straight shots and then pop bottles yeah with the hood rats, then pop bottles uh uh-huh. with straight shots and then pop bottles yeah Bert with the hood frats okay pop we pop champagne like we won a champion
1: championship game Look like this i got on a championship white cuz i bought hard don't be by hard i am the birdman this man. is one yeah. night stand what up night fans it's thursday march 28th. UCF just took home their first ever NCAA tournament win this past weekend versus VCU. I just got back from Columbia, clearly have no voice, and my heart is broken into a million pieces as we fell just inches, not even inches, like micrometers short, to number one overall seed Duke in the second round, 77-76. to 76. I'm joined, as always, by the number one UCF podcast co-host,
0: Money Moo. Night Nation, I start today's show off with a quote from the late legendary NC State head basketball coach, Jim Valvano. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Our team showed heart, passion, and resilience, and certainly didn't give up versus the number one team in the country. They kept fighting back, taking punch after punch, but just coming up a bit short. But first, we'll talk about the win, the big win, against Virginia Commonwealth. 73-58, your Knights were victorious in the first round of the NCAA tournament, their first ever win in school history.
1: Yeah, we got lots to be happy about. I mean, obviously, and we're going to talk about the Duke game in depth, but... You know, this is our 1st our that at-large bid and our first win. And, uh, you know, started off a little shaky, but pretty dominant performance by UCF.
0: It was a, definitely a bit of a slow start. It took six minutes to score our first point, which is a little unlike us. However, the end of the first start of the second half, uh, there was a full 10-minute game-time span where UCF went on a 19-0 run. Taco Fall had a dominant performance, 13 points, 18 rebounds, along with five blocks, and was the star of the game.
1: Yeah, and you know, also, you know, they have one really, really good player, Marcus Evans, who I called Fragile Marcus the entire game, and I don't think he liked that, but it was very funny. We held him to just six points. This is someone that averages over 20 points per game, had just one made field goal all game, and that was pretty much it. If you've got one guy that's your best guy, and he gets shut down, they they didn't really have a chance, and I I think, you know, like you said, we got off to a slow start, but the rest of the game, it was just never really, really that close. Great performance by our team. I think Dawkins had a great game plan, and yeah, it it was definitely exciting to, to see that you know, see it in person. Um, everyone that made the trip. Can't really be upset, you know. We had a chance to take on the number one team and yeah, you know, like you said, fell just a little bit short. Um, any other takeaways from the VCU game? It was kinda like not eventful.
0: Oh, I thought it was absolutely eventful. Uh I was out I was out at a bar over in Cape Coral with DJ Pav and some friends. Uh I had my throwback eugene mccrory jersey on hey um (laughs) if any of you guys remember remember the great uh eugene mccrory number is he number five he's number five yeah yeah and i i just i was at the bar and and we were just going nuts It, it was it was so much fun everyone around us you know ended up getting into the game because of how passionate you know we were for a team, even though everyone else was like, oh, "Okay, it's just an eight-nine <laughs> seed matchup. Like, who cares? This is going to ruin my perfect bracket. These stupid eight-nine seeds." <laughs> but uh, no, it was awesome. I, I absolutely loved it. Anytime UCF can overcome and uh, achieve something that we've never achieved before is definitely a great feat for this school, uh, for this university, and. You know, the the game overall, I think we had a pretty big lead for most of the game, other than the very slow start.
1: Yeah, and that you know, that's what I said. When I said it was uneventful, you know, after we went on that that run in the second half, that's kinda of what I what I meant. Obviously it was very exciting. I was there in person. It was awesome to watch us get our first win. It just the game never felt close, I guess. And me trying to recount to you guys how that game felt after watching the Duke game. Of course, anything's going to feel uneventful compared to that. So, no, it was definitely very, very exciting. You know, so proud of these guys. Um, it just, you know, the the Duke thing sucks. But you, we got to – if you look at the big picture, this was all good, you know, all, all good things to take away from this, uh, from both games, honestly. And – can't really be uh i'm not disappointed i mean it stinks obviously but it's better than getting blown out against duke i guess or or would that would that be easier on us emotionally
0: i know i i can sense it in your voice and the way you're talking is that you you just want to you want to let it all out man you want to talk <laughs> about this duke loss uh we were trying to start the show off positive uh, hey, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of positive
1: know. thing. There's a lot of positive things to take from the Duke game, though. I mean,
0: oh, I, I think so too. I just that this is what everybody wants to talk about is the Duke game, and I, I you know, I just wanted to start off the show with fair enough, with uh, something positive, you know. And we got the win against VCU. We went to the round of 32, and okay, we, we just we're done. We got to go. <laughs> with it. All right. Uh, so, Who wants to start? I guess we got to do this. Probably one of the hardest podcasts. We were talking about this earlier. It's like, you know, probably the hardest podcast we've done so far had to have been after the USF game where KZ went down. And I kind of am feeling the, some of the same emotions now as them when, you know, after, after KZ went down. It's kind of like everyone's in shock. Everyone doesn't really know how to feel. Um, denial, you know, anger Denial, anger, yeah but Go ahead, let, let it right. off your chest, man So,
1: I mean, first of all Just having A chance to win that game Like, if you would have told me Going in there that It's going to be close like We're going to be up With two minutes left I would have said you're crazy I mean, I, you know I'm a huge biased fan But let's be real Duke, number one team in the country They've got like three guys That are going to go top ten in the draft We haven't always played our best basketball, but we did. We brought our absolute A game Sunday. Perfect coaching game plan by Dawkins, and we were just wet, man. Everything was going down, and we were confident. And at the end of the day, you know, you could go back and forth about the refs, this, that. I think overall there was calls that went both ways. Obviously, nothing seemed to go our way toward the end and we'll talk about that later But at the end of the day, we had the rock in our hands With a chance to win the game and I can't ask for anything more than that, you know It's sports sometimes The ball, you know bounces a funny way or doesn't roll the way you want and uh, Yeah, there's a lot of positives to take from this but that being said This is going to hurt for a long time like You know, Zion's, like, the next LeBron. Every time I watch him, hear his name, I'm going to remember this game. Like, (laughs) it's true, though. It's true, man.
0: It's absolutely true. So No, here's the the other thing. When I was sitting there watching the game, you know, I was watching it. My wife really was half watching it. I was mostly watching it with my dog, uh, (laughs) who I've said before you know, thinks his name is let's go because I always look at him and yell, let's go. <laughs> so, uh, he was terrified. And, uh, I think like halfway through the first, he had heard enough screaming and went, you know, under the table,
1: <laughs>
0: his go-to spot, <laughs> his go-to spot. And he pretty, I pretty much didn't see him the whole rest of the game. So anyway, dude, talking about that, you know, if you would have told me that we were going to be down by eight points at halftime, Instantly, when when somebody would tell me that, I would start clapping it up and be like, all right, let's go. Let's go. We're in this. We're in in this, yeah. And 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 it it, just didn't seem real to me. The whole game just didn't seem real to me because, you know, I haven't watched, like I said earlier, I I don't watch college basketball other than UCF. Okay? So I, I hadn't seen a game that Duke has played. I've just heard, you know, Okay, well, they're the number one team in the country. For what reason? Oh, Zion Williamson, you know, he's awesome. He's the next LeBron, blah, blah, blah. But when I, when I was watching the game and I, and I saw that we were, we were hanging tough with, with this team, like, it just amazed me. And every time Duke, you know, Duke went on numerous runs, I, they'd always put up the, the little stat oh, Duke on a 7 0 run, Duke on a this 0 run you know, we would follow it right back with a with a run of our own. And that is so unlike, I hate to say this, it's so unlike our team from this year, you know, because yeah. we, we've lost to way inferior teams than this. But like Memphis, we lost to FAU. Memphis, the two games where we lost by 20-plus points, where we've just given up. We've thrown in the towel. Yep. But I can guarantee you this, is that I've never seen a UCF team with as much heart and as much passion as this team showed on Sunday. And it you know all spilled out at the end of the game, just coming up a little bit short. And you saw how much emotion went into this game. If you saw any of the video from the UCF locker room after, it was just raw emotion unbelievable.
1: Hell of a post-game like speech so right. talking about it. Hell of a post-game speech by Johnny Dawkins. But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, if if you hadn't watched a Duke game this year, I mean, I have watched a bunch of them. This didn't look like Duke. And we had the right game plan, you know, they're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country. And what did we talk about last episode? Force them to shoot threes. And we did. We left their guy T Jones we weren't guarding him at the three point line.
0: We had taco on him.
1: And what? And what did he do? Went, <laughs> he went. He went one for eight from three. I mean, we just drew up the blueprint to beat Duke. Like now, everyone's like, got it. You know what I'm saying? But we played a great game. We shot seventy five percent from free throws, Pretty which is unheard of for us. I know. We're one of the worst free throw shooting teams. You know, in all college basketball, we shot fifty percent from three. We shot better from three than we did from the floor, which is crazy because Taco's field goal percentage, he skews our overall shooting because he's just sticking the ball in the basket. Yeah, like
0: ninety nine percent of his field goals are dunks. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But I mean, you know, Aubrey Dawkins, it felt like he couldn't miss a shot and he really like couldn't for the most part. Any shots he took just seemed to all go in. He only had a few misses, obviously the, the two at the end, the you know, the alley oop. Let's actually let's go back through this game real quick. So, you know, we started off hot, up seventeen to eleven, then Duke goes on kind of a run, ties it back up at twenty seven, and then like you said, they're up eight at the half. We come back from that, exchange like seven oh runs, tied at fifty seven with ten minutes ago and You know, sitting there at the game, it's just like I kept waiting for Duke to run away with it at some point because that's what they do. And, you know, when you're trying to upset a team and then they get hot, that can just blow your confidence out the door. And then it's like, oh, crap, like what do we do? We just kept hanging with them. And then all of a sudden we're up four with two minutes left. And then they
0: had that. I think re- that's when that's when it started to sink in for me because that's that's when my wife started started watching. And I was looking down at the clock and I said, "Holy shit! There's only two minutes left, we're up, we're up."
1: And there was at this point,
0: like the time just kept ticking by so fast, and I was like, "Oh my god, we're we're gonna win this game! Like this is the end of the game."
1: Yeah. Sometime around this, there was a long ass review. I don't know if that was the the ball that. I still – I don't know if that ball hit the rim on the shot clock violation. Oh, my God. They
0: replayed it so many times. And honestly,
1: from one angle, it looks like it completely misses it. And then from another, it looks like it hit it. And honestly – It did. That was crazy. I was pretty much surrounded by Duke. Honestly, the stadium was like 95% Duke. But you didn't hear any Duke chants on TV. But anyway, I mean, I was like being real with the people around me. I'm like, I don't know. And like everyone else was like, yeah, I mean – Still to this day You know I don't know why They don't have some kind of like Technology to, to sort that out But anyway That's a whole other Podcast I guess So anyway That's You're right That's when it sunk in We were up uh, Up four with like two minutes left But Even then It just felt I don't know I kept saying I'm like It's written It's written And it felt like it was And then You know Everything That Started You know the The whole game I feel like we got a lot of lucky, not lucky breaks, but it just felt like all our shots were going. And then everything kind of fell apart at the end. You know, up four. Duke misses a three. We go on that two-on-one fast break. And then there's a the miss alley-oop to, to uh, Aubrey. Duke runs Which, can back. Can I talk, can yeah, I talk
0: yeah. about that for a yeah, little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah, go for because it, go for I, it. a lot of people are criticizing maybe not UCF fans, but I I saw a lot of people criticizing that alley-oop. I'm in no way criticizing that alley-oop after I watched it again. First off, it happened so fast. I think I blinked and, like, didn't realize what happened. Just Duke was, like, running the other way with the ball. (laughs) I watched the last five minutes of the game, and, my God, that was... It was a heat-of-the-moment play. You know, it... Okay, maybe it wasn't a perfect pass by Dan Griffin, but I tell you what, you know, up four, that would have brought the house down, the game sealer. And it would have been, you know what? We got to go, we got to go for that kind of stuff.
1: You got to. And, and you know, at the time, and honestly, I don't know that much about basketball, but I'm good at like clock management type stuff. And my, my initial reaction was the opposite. I admit it. I was like, I mean, I think there was only like 35 seconds left. I'm like, why don't we just run on the clock? But I get what you're saying It happens so fast First of all, your instincts as a basketball player You're on a 2-on-1 fast break Like, that's one of the best things you can have In basketball Go for it And second, like, you're not thinking that I mean, I was, because I'm a fan But I wasn't dribbling the basketball and stuff And if we had made that No one would have questioned it It's just something that happens So yeah, I agree with you I don't think they did anything wrong there So then, you know, there's like I forget, maybe 40-something seconds. Zion misses a three but gets his own rebound. And then he, for some reason, we're still up three. And he, like, dribbles the shot clock down all the way, which I don't understand what he was doing, but okay. Drives on Taco. Taco gets fouled. Gets fouled out on that. And, you know, something I was saying earlier is why didn't we just let him score? Obviously, hindsight's 20 If he had blocked him, we wouldn't be questioning that. But gets the A and 1. Misses the free throw. But Duke commits two fouls on that missed free throw and ends up with the rebound. Puts it back up in to go 1. We dribble down, call timeout, which seemed like the longest timeout in the history <laughs> of it any was. sports.
0: When I was at home, I like... I put my jersey over my head and I opened my front door and like walked down my driveway and like all the way back just thinking. I do not even know what I was thinking about. I was just like, I can't look at the TV right now. And I come back and the commercial's over (laughs) and we're ready to hit ball the
1: ball. Imagine if you had missed it. Well, actually, Uh. whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it's literally right in front of me, like. I mean, I was talking to some of our team managers during the game. Like, that's how close I was to the bench. Not bragging or anything. But to see that go down in front of me. And actually, from my angle, I just saw BJ's miss. I didn't see Aubrey come. I just saw him put it back. So, like, when BJ missed it, I was like, oh, crap. Like, I didn't think there was going to be enough time to really have anything happen. And then I just see the ball go back up and, like, sit on the rim for what only could be described as, like, an eternity. And then just, you know, the buzzer, the bodies on the floor, the emotion. I dropped down to my knees and just put my head in my arms and just – it was – yeah, I mean, I, I still don't have words. Um, Hey, what do you do?
0: I, like, threw my jersey off, slammed it on the floor. Again, sorry, Mr. McCrory. And <laughs> I basically it's like – I acted in a way that I had never acted before during a sporting event. I'm a very passionate fan of a lot of things. And I was literally on the floor, like pounding the floor, like a little four-year-old, just saying, no, 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 like a million times. And oh, it was pretty sad to watch, but <laughs> yeah, I can laugh about it now. But good God, man, that was, oh, this is the worst feeling ever. But the thing about it is, like, think about it, even back to our freshman year in 2007. Can you ever remember a time in UCF sports in general where we ever came that close to winning a game and didn't? The only thing I can think of,
1: really, is, and this was before we were there, the 2005. 2005- Hawaii Bowl, which, meaningless, but it would have been our first bowl win. It's in overtime, and Matt Prater misses the extra point, but obviously, that is nothing. That's a blip on our history, but that's right. the only I mean, thing I, I can saying. think of.
0: But that's the thing I was talking about. It's like, of all these years, you know, the past 12 years that we've, that we've been part of Night Nation... I feel like every one of these instances where stuff has come down to the wire at the very end, we're always on the winning side. We've never tasted defeat like this.
1: Not in, this, not in a close way. If we get defeated, we get defeated.
0: You know? Right. And, yeah. I mean, you could say LSU, yeah, we had the chance to win or tie it at the end. But um, Oh no,
1: this is a million times worse than L S U. Oh yeah,
0: I'm not saying that. But <laughs> just... no,
1: I know what you're saying though, but that, that's different. We we got out played, we got outcoached that game and it was never I, I never felt like we were gonna win the L S U game. I know we had the ball and it was like, uh, oh, this would be nice, but I didn't even get my hopes up just because it just didn't feel like it, you know? But this game this game felt like it. Oh crap. I'm I'm wa- I'm watching that last the tip in and I could see myself collapse onto the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I was recording on my phone, and I had dropped my phone and like missed actually what had happened. But uh, so anyway. anyway.
0: All right, let's hear some more stories about Columbia and how you got to sit next to future NFL star Tristan Hill. All
1: right, well, first, uh, Columbia. Interesting little town. It reminded me of actually... Ann Arbor, Michigan is kind of what it reminded me of It's a co- college town Cool place Not really eventful first day You know, we got there The Duke game was scheduled for what, like 7-10? We got there at 6 to like watch Zion and warm-ups and stuff We've got courtside seats And we go down to them And there's like a small crowd of people Like arguing with an Usher And like, what's going on? He's like, dude, guys, we're so sorry We weren't supposed to sell any of these seats and where know,
0: were those seats?
1: Courtside under the basket. Like, Courtside
0: under the basket.
1: Yeah, like really good seats. But they were like saved for the bands or something, which was stupid. So they're like, look, we're so sorry, but you, I mean, the seats don't exist. Like they these weren't supposed to be sold. It's a huge mess up. They're like, we've already talked to StubHub. They're going to give you a full refund. We're also going to put you in a luxury suite, free food, and there's a bar. Because they weren't serving alcohol, like, in the regular people's seats. So, I mean, it sucked, but, like, what am I going to do? Let it ruin my day? Ruin my trip? I mean, we didn't even know we were going to get to play Duke, you know? So, it worked out all right. Got pretty drunk, and I pulled this manager guy aside when he brought us up to the suite, and I was like, look, I know there's nothing you can do. I'm not mad, and I appreciate, you know, you apologizing a million times. But... There's empty seats after the Duke game files out. Like, can we go sit in them? He's like, dude, yeah, go ahead, man. So we had like a free pass to sit, pretty much anywhere in the stadium for the VCU game. So we you had the,
0: there. you had the handicap pass and the ride line.
1: Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> B- better than that. We had like the, um, you know, there's like those two, you know, the parking stickers, and there's like those two spots that are reserved for like the silver. They're right back next to the business building i only ever seen one car with the silver, you know, because there's, like, the B-lot red, C-lot blue, students green. Well, there's silver, and there's, like, two spots reserved to them, right, like, between BA and the Union. We had the silver pass for the VCU game. So we sat <laughs> – I actually sat with, like, the family of Duke's number 14, who were really cool, and he was nice too. And we sat there, and then – the VCU fans were getting annoying Well actually they didn't like me calling their best player Fragile constantly So we moved to behind the basket Is that the baseline? Is that the baseline? Yeah Yeah. We moved there, kind of just sat by ourselves But it was a good time overall And um Saturday got weird We had literally nothing to do So we went and checked out a bunch of college bars A lot of, lot of cool places to go there And then Sunday was game day So yeah Tristan flew in. We grabbed him from the airport and uh, went to the game. There was was four of us, and we had those corner seats there, and it it was just awesome. And, you know, I'm one of the few people that will ever get to say that I saw that in person. So I can't even be mad. I mean, I'm upset. I'm angry. I still don't understand it, but I can't be mad. I mean, that was history, and it was great for the brand. 16 million people. Tune in to this game. It's like one of the highest rated March Madness games ever. You know, people are like, whoa, UCF. Not just a football school. But seriously.
0: They can't stop talking about it. It's,
1: it's all, be- honestly, if it wasn't for that game, there would be not a single thing. There'd be nothing to talk about. There were only like two upsets the 12 and the 13 that ended up playing each other. So then obviously one of them is in the Sweet 16. Besides that, oh, it's, yeah. like, it's all the favorites. People are still somebody, talking about it. Somebody
0: us. I know picked, picked both of those, I think, on the last podcast.
1: Hmm. Wasn't I me.
0: We'll get into that later. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, was, it was an unbelievable game. Yeah, we did come up short, but at the same time, I think some key takeaways were it was extremely good for the brand. People just can't stop talking about UCF. And meanwhile, to the West – you know, they're playing Utah Valley in front of 26 people.
1: Oh, no, NIT in the NIT or whatever?
0: In the CBI tournament. What's that? Tournament,
1: you know? Is that, like, worse than the NIT? Oh, yeah. Bah.
0: But still, it's just like, oh. And, and the other thing is, too, it's like all my coworkers and everybody, you know, were, like, coming up to me on Monday and even Tuesday You know, because I know how passionate of a fan I am. Coming up to me, acting like I had a family member die. Me too. Did you get that too?
1: Yeah, but not from people I knew. I'm talking about... Oh, so this was the one thing was like... The only way for me to get back was to... I had a 6.30 flight out of Greenville where um, ECU is, I think. And that means I had to leave at 4 a.m. So we... Didn't even really go out after the game. Went back to the hotel at like midnight. Um, happy birthday, Tristan, by the way. But yeah, I went back. I napped for like three hours. It felt like as soon as I closed my eyes, my alarm went off. You ever had that? It was like the worst feeling ever. Yeah, I, I, like
0: every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. meeting. <laughs> okay, well, all right. Well,
1: anyway, so yeah, drove to the airport, and at least four people stopped me just in the Greenville airport not even when I got to Atlanta and we're like what a game like we're so sorry like so sorry about the loss and I'm like I mean like I said earlier I'd say positive was like I'm not even mad but it really felt like I like had a friend die or something really strangers coming up to me but I guess that's pretty accurate of the sadness I felt I mean obviously nothing I'm not comparing it to losing a friend or anything like that but It sucked the life out of me and I'm still a little dead inside and I think a little piece of me always will be but a lot of good things to take away from this got to stay positive you know like you said great for the brand not just good for the brand so it is what it is that being said rumors are starting to surface about coach Dawkins possibly going to Vanderbilt several people with sources and I'm doing the little bunny or quotes several people with sources are claiming that Dawkins to Vandy is almost a done deal blah 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 you know we might by the time we post this podcast he might be gone he might not be but this is what happens when your teams in the spotlight and you know we outperform our expectations and this is something we got to get used to as a program for till we have the money to to really pay you know our guys and you can't blame Coach Dawkins for leaving if he does. The coach that Vanderbilt just fired makes like $1.2 million more over double what Coach Dawkins makes. You know, that program has a ton of money and resources and stuff too. I think they fly private to all their games and stuff. So it's like if someone offered you the same job for double the money with better benefits, you can't blame anyone for for taking that, you know? here's another thing too is we're graduating a bunch of seniors Vanderbilt has like two of the top 20 recruits or something like that from the last year at their school so he'd be walking into a favorable situation but anyway we could speculate all day it is what it is and uh if it's over then it's you know hell man he went out with the bang and you know what he's gonna end up being Duke's coach in a couple years regardless when coach K retires so if it wasn't now it was gonna be sometime soon anyway I'm sure what do you think
0: the almost-a-done-deal quote uh, sounds very familiar to any Knight fans who follow, follow football, and that that's what we were hearing uh, in the weeks or week before Scott Frost left t- to go to Nebraska. Yep. So, you know, I don't really know. Here's the thing that I, that I do know is that for the whole year, nobody was talking about Aubrey as going to the NBA you know we all knew he was a great player but you have one amazing lights out game against the number one team in the country now everybody's talking about Aubrey going to the NBA draft and I don't blame Johnny Dawkins one bit but they you know father son they're gonna talk here's the thing I'd like to know who initiate if this all happens A, they're either both staying or they're both going. No-brainer, okay? Of course. So I want to know about, after they talked, I want to know, like, did Aubrey say, hey, I want to go to the NBA? So Johnny said, yeah, maybe I'll go to Vandy. Or was it Johnny, hey, I'm going to go to Vandy, so you should go to the NBA?
1: I think. And whether or
0: not, you know, who determined what, I guess it doesn't really matter at this point. But, uh, yeah, it's a package deal, and they're either both going to stay or they're both going to go.
1: Yeah, I'd like to think that it's it's Aubrey's choice, or maybe they both sat down and and weighed it one way or another. Who knows? But you know what? Well, honestly, we'll never know. So it is what it is. Um, You know, very grateful for everything that both of them have done for us in their, you know, short couple years here. Let's do a little debate here. Would we have rather, and I hate to keep harping on this, but we got to say it. Would we have rather lost by 20 or had it end the way we did? I can say both sides. If we lose by 20, we're probably not even doing a podcast. What do we have to talk about? (laughs) We're Uh, talking about
0: our first win. What are you talking about? Yeah, but all right, that
1: was like the first five minutes. Obviously, the heartbreak will never go away. The what ifs will never go away. I also, I have two, I have a a birthday thing and a wedding to go to this weekend, so that would have been real fun to get out of, not, Uh, (laughs) I would have some pissed off friends and uh, another trip would be expensive, you know, we're never going to forget this game, people won't ever forget this game, and I mean, that's marketing value right there, you know, just reinforcing our brand on, into people's minds. So, although it hurt more, I would say I'd rather have it end the way it did. What do you think?
0: I'd have to go the other way. Like, look, that hurt. Like, us losing to Memphis by 20, I felt nothing. You know, it sucked, but the at the end of the day, you know, we lost. We lost, and, yeah. And if the number one team in the country beat us by 20... You know, I don't think that our team is the best team in the country. We're a top 25 team. Danny White has, you know, ventured out to, to become is, is a top 25 program. Yeah. I think we're a top 25 team in every sport we play in. And that's fine. We don't have to win the national championship every year. No one else does. You know, I just want to be in it. I want to be talked about. I want to be in the conversation. And being a top 25 team is being in the conversation. And also, losing to the number one team by 20 points is okay. You know, it happens. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, if we had lost by 20, but we had poured our hearts into the game, so be it. The thing that I don't like is when we play against Memphis, we completely give up 100%, just quit playing. And we lose by 20. And I don't like that. I can't
1: believe that was the same team that we just watched against Duke.
0: It's not. The thing is, emotionally, it's not the same team, dude. It's not at all. Something just gets lit. Like some fire gets lit under them. And I don't know what makes them tick, but they just all feed off of each other. Yeah. Because they're a family.
1: Yeah, they really are.
0: You know, when one guy's down, everybody's down. But like you said, this game when Aubrey's hot, he is hot.
1: Oh my God!
0: <laughs> when Aubrey's cold, his downfall is he keeps he doesn't you know pass it up to somebody else. He keeps shooting and Four shooting sinks. and shooting. Yeah, and it's still cold, cold, cold. So yeah, uh, I'm just so damn proud of my guys, man. Me too. This is our this is our school, and you know what? We'll come back from it. It's cool. We're going to be right back in this tournament next year. Make it a run. I'm just glad that there's a format in which the best team in the country will win the national championship.
1: Well, not only that, that every team has a very fair chance and a clearly defined path to the playoff, which Danny White made sure to, like, throw some – Shade at the college football playoff in the aftermath of this, talking kind of saying what I just said, but it's true. And honestly, I can't help but wonder if we had had a chance to play Alabama in football two years ago. Oh, who knows? It might have ended up the same way, or we could have got smoked, but we'll never know. So,
0: I think it was good because the ratings, though, we talked about it earlier. The ratings are crazy, people want to see this, yeah. You know, and it's always the underdogs that have the most fight, the most heart. America loves the underdog. And if you put UCF against Alabama in football, everybody's going to be rooting for us. Yeah, Nobody wants to see Alabama just stomp on the little guy again, except if you live inside the borders of Alabama. That's it. No one else cares about Alabama football.
1: They really don't. They have nothing else there. They have no real sports teams. They have nothing to do. Anyway, God, we, I could talk about this all night.
0: <laughs> we need to move on.
1: Yeah. All right, now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves! Picks of the Week. That hurt.
0: Oh, God, that sounded so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it was hilarious. We're going to do a recap real quick. On our last podcast, I gave out two... Number one, all-in, slam-dunk picks, and guess what? A huge surprise. Both of them won. 2-0 this week. I also gave you a couple of Sweet 16 sleepers, on which two, which were pretty much the only big upsets of the weekend, Oregon and UC Irvine, picking both of them. I do have Oregon into the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8, so I'm still looking to get, to gobble up some points uh, in the One Night Stand podcast bracket pool. However, we'll recap Vermont, plus 10.5 against Florida State, easily covering. Uh, that was a big bet of mine. And then, of course, UCF, minus one against Virginia Commonwealth. We won by 15. Another easy slam dunk winner. Hopefully you guys cashed in on both of those. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at MoneyMooUCF. I do give out a few random picks throughout the week that I don't give out on this podcast. Uh, So if you want all of my picks, make sure to follow me on Twitter as well. So, picks for this week. I was kind of thinking about it, and honestly, after the UCF-Duke game, I did scream out that I was never watching basketball ever again. So I will stick to that and I'm never watching basketball ever again. And so I have no picks for this week. Make sure to follow me on Twitter because maybe I'll you know maybe I'll find uh that I hate not gambling and I'll go back to it just like the junkie that I am.
1: Oh uh, you'll be back. You'll be back. But <laughs> we do have uh, we can go over the bracket challenge Standings. We've got two people tied for first. Ryan is cool and Andrew Lightbody. Now, we said we were going to give away prizes for whoever had the most points in each of the first two rounds. Well, there's a nine way tie for those first two rounds. So, we're going to do the tiebreaker as who ended up in first place or who had the most points out of those after the tournament's over because. I don't have that many prizes. I can't give out nine when there was only supposed to be two. So, sorry about that. Poor planning, but live and learn. Hopefully it's- well,
0: honestly, I, I want to thank the fans because I didn't think that this many people were were going to sign up. We had over 190 entrants into the podcast bracket pool. So, I really appreciate that, guys. It turns out y'all like free stuff.
1: Yeah, pretty dope. I'm looking toward the bottom of the... Um, the standings, a lot of you guys picked UCF to win it, which I I love that. Give me all the UCF picks. Who cares?
0: Love it. Yeah, honestly, I want to disqualify everyone that has Duke as a champion.
1: (laughs) I mean, oh, so you didn't pick Duke to beat UCF?
0: No, I had UCF in the Elite Eight. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: All right, all right. I dig it. See, my thing was... was Whoa, you didn't? No, man, because here's the thing. Oh. I, I picked What's them, the thing? So I'm in four different bracket pools, all for money. But my thing is, is it's a win-win here. If UCF wins, they win. I don't give a shit about the bracket pool. And if they lose, then the silver lining is that I get the win on the bracket pool. Plus, I bet a shit ton of money on UCF both games. Bet on them straight up, actually, to beat Duke, which paid... I would have been a very rich man. And I had money
0: on them straight up too. I even gave out UCF money line on the last podcast before we'd even beat Virginia Commonwealth. I said to take UCF money line. Don't even worry about the spread. We are either going to win the game or lose by twenty. And I, I was one, pretty freaking close.
1: You were like we said one micrometer, micrometer away. Micrometers away. God, I don't want to talk about that anymore.
0: From a lot of money. Well, you were gonna win a lot more, but yeah, uh, hey, money. That I was gonna win a lot of money.
1: Anyway, yeah, thanks for the picks last week. I didn't listen to any of them, but I'm sure <laughs> someone did. So,
0: where are you at in the in the bracket pool? Uh,
1: not so good, but I I'm one of two people to pick Michigan to win. So, Michigan wins, I win. If not, not. I wanted to pick someone other than UNC or Duke, just so it was fun to root for, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I have Michigan State as my champion, and I think there might be three other people.
1: Yeah, there's only a handful. In one of my groups, though, in one of my, actually, one of my more important ones, because it's for money, I'm in the 100th percentile. I'm in 1,030th place overall, which I think there's like a bajillion entries. So I know no one cares about your bracket, but I thought that was pretty cool. (laughs) I mean I'm not- just trying
0: to, I'm just trying to beat my wife and right now she well that sounded bad. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to compete with my wife. Yeah. Here and we're both tied with the exact same amount of points in twenty seventh place in the bracket pool. Eighty eighth percentile. Uh, she has Kentucky as her champion. All that matters yeah. is
1: You get three of the final four, and your champion correct, and you'll win 99% of your bracket leagues. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I remember
0: one year, like, I was in last place. Everyone was making fun of me, and I was one of the only people to have Duke as my champion. I think there were, like, a two or three seed that year, and, uh, yeah, I ended up in, like, the 99th percentile just because I had – the the champion so, right. Yeah, the so champion. that's really all the yeah. It's really all that matters.
1: Unless unless Duke wins, then it'll mat- your final four teams are matter. But I mean, besides that, it really doesn't matter. So anyway, good luck this week. Uh, check out Twitter. I'll probably post some picks. I was I did all right last weekend, and uh, Mu probably will too. Let's, Let's get, get that, that money.
0: Money. <laughs> all right. <screw laughs> it. That was that was pretty good.
1: Time for an Orlando Apollo's update. We need some kind of a name for this segment. Like Apollo's Corner or something?
0: Apollo's Arrow. I don't know. That was dumb.
1: Apollo's <laughs> s- Section. All right. Uh, we'll think of that later.
0: So the Apollos improve to a league best 6-1 and one as they, they defeat the Atlanta Legends 36-6. to six. They also clinch a playoff spot which I still don't understand how the playoffs work in this league
1: top four teams
0: but there's only eight teams so half the teams make it in so anyway they're in we're going to the playoffs playoffs Talking about playoffs
1: oh yeah it's two two four teams is a division so yeah it's a 14 playoff you can't have a two-team playoff it makes no sense in other news Johnny Manziel took over as quarterback for the Memphis Express, led them to their second victory of the season. And because he's mic'd up, was like talking mad shit all game, and it was hilarious. I saw some clips of it after. Uh, do we he's play- been
0: out of football for like a year or two, right? He
1: just got kicked out of the CFL, actually. Lovely. So, do we play Memphis again? Oh, it's at Memphis, though, this week. Oh. Dang, that would have been cool to see Johnny.
0: It's 2 o'clock Saturday, March 30th. Okay, the next week, Saturday, April 6th, the next home game against the San Diego Fleet at 8 o'clock will be broadcast on NFL Network.
1: And then we, yes, we finish the season versus them, and then we have Birmingham at Orlando, Trent Richardson in the house. Yeah, okay, so there's... Sunday,
0: 3.30, the day after the spring game. So if you're headed up to the spring game, and you wanna stay and check on an Apollo's game Sunday. Speaking of the spring game, I'll definitely be there. Are you going? No. No.
1: Yeah, I got uh it's a friend's birthday thing. So
0: Alright. Well anyway, probably gonna be rocking the Money Moo custom jersey. Money Moo. Uh definitely need definitely need to see you guys out there. If you haven't reserved your tickets yet, Check your season ticket account. You can also purchase premium seats to the game. I think the Carl Black and Gold Cabana seats are 5 bucks. The Stadium Club is 10 bucks, And you can be a baller like Money Moo and go for the Tower Club, which is the only time that I'll be able to afford to sit in there for 20 bucks. Me, me and a couple of friends are going to go go sit in the Tower Club and watch the spring game.
1: Sounds good, man. That'll, that'll definitely be fun to get to go in the tower. And, uh, you know, we can get our first glimpse of this new team coming into the fall. Is it Wimbush? Is it Mac? Is it Dylan Gabriel, maybe? Whoa,
0: possibly. I don't know. I've been hearing some things, some good things.
1: I've been hearing some rumblings, too. Great uh,
0: things Yeah. about our newest freshman product from Hawaii.
1: Apparently he's lighting it up. I've heard he's he's the best thrower out of all of them, but...
0: Well, I mean, in the hypo-offense, you you need somebody to throw, right? You
1: need someone that's accurate. That's the thing with Wimbush, he's not accurate. But I also heard we're putting in a, uh, a Wildcat-type package with Wimbush, which sounds unstoppable.
0: And everyone's been calling for that since, you know, we heard about Brandon Wimbush coming in. I don't really think it's that good of an idea just because I don't really see Hypel as that kind of a coach. You know, if it was if it was Frost, I'd be 100% for it. Um, but you never know. They might surprise me.
1: Yeah, we'll just have to see. It'll be fun. You know, they usually try not to show that much, but you know who was the star of last spring game, right?
0: I do not, because Gre- I've never been to a spring game.
1: Greg McRae. All up. right.
0: So there's def so there's definitely an opportunity for us to see maybe a younger unsung hero here that could really light up the exactly. light up the field and well, and earn a starting spot.
1: Exactly. And a little preview of things to come and it's funny because I didn't even think anything of McCray at the time. And then like halfway through the season when he was doing good, I read some old article about the spring game and it said that and I was like, "Oh crap." If I'd only paid attention, McCray being good wouldn't have surprised me. Definitely a cool chance to get a glimpse of, uh, you know, our guys for the next year. And, uh, yeah, it should be fun. And tailgating, obviously. Always good.
0: Tailgating, for sure. So as we look into the future, we also want to take a look at UCF's Pro Day, in which our graduating seniors, as well as Dredjik Snelson and Tristan, did Tristan participate or no?
1: He did, like, some of the football drills, like, lineman type stuff. He didn't do any of the measurables, though, because he already had a good combine.
0: Right, measurables as in, like, the bench press, 40-yard dash, exactly. uh, et cetera. The shuttle. So, he just overall— did,
1: He just did some things with, like—he was, like, knocking over all these big-ass bags and shit.
0: So, overall, uh, general report from the pro day, pretty good, uh, I would say— You know, one thing that kind of stood out to me was how fast Michael Calubiali ran the 40-yard dash. He ran a 4.55, according to his Twitter. That seems really fast for a white tight end.
1: Yeah, that's extremely—I mean, that's faster (laughs) than Gronk. Obviously, Gronk's like 300 pounds more, but still, pretty cool. Also, did you see—and I don't know if this is true or not, but someone said that Loudermilk ran a 4.7— is that fast?
0: I don't know what I would run, so I have no idea. I
1: mean, five seconds is fast. I don't why know. Why do they
0: even let him run the 40? Like, I, why? Because
1: he can? I don't know. I mean, it's not like a very, like, organized thing. You just do what you want, you know? So That's true.
0: I guess, yeah, pro day, I mean, you're just trying to, like, do everything. Yeah, and why not? Make you stand out. And,
1: and Loudermilk was a quarterback in high school, I mean, he could always get, I don't know, some looks as an H-back. You you never know. He has no reason not to run it. Like, why not show that you're fast? Like, maybe there's two punters a team's considering signing, and they're literally exactly the same on paper and on film. But one of them's fat and slow, and the other one runs a 4-7. You got to take the athlete, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that. With punters and kickers, it's like, guys are oh this many inches better one yard better if they both can do 50 yard punts like 10 times in a row but mac can you know run a four seven. A four seven you i mean know? not that it matters there but might be some time that you need that so why not go with mac
1: why not go with the faster guy and not only that just in general you always want to have the better athlete you know
0: you know, on punt returns too, a punter can make a game-saving tackle. There you go, yeah. To where the fat slow guy wouldn't, and, you know, Matt could be the hero. So, yeah. anyway, overall, a very good pro day, and we really hope to see a lot of our nights going in the NFL draft next month.
1: It'll be interesting. Tristan, I think, is going to be late, too, honestly.
0: Late second round, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So, I, I mean, after the combine— not that I didn't believe before, but um, I, I thought he was a solid third rounder before the combine. But I'm getting more towards your your second round prediction after after seeing that combine. Yeah, kids stunned. You know who really helped himself too
1: is Rashard Causey. He ran like a four four four. He's gonna get some looks in the NFL for sure. He'll definitely be on a. On one of the 90 man rosters when camp starts It's obviously so incredibly competitive Because you know, you're on that 90 man roster But 40 of the spots out of the final 53 are filled So you pretty much got 53 guys or whatever Competing for those 13 spots You know what I'm saying? Most of the guys are are veterans They're on long term deals And their spots are locked in It can be tough, it can be competitive And a lot of it ends up being luck for these guys It'll be interesting to see who gets who gets signed as you know undrafted free agents. We're less than a month away from the draft now, so hopefully that flies by and uh, we can see where these guys end up.
0: Yep. We just want to wish everyone good luck in the NFL draft and hope to see some more nights on NFL rosters very soon. So as we go ahead and wrap this episode up, because I'm really freaking tired. Uh, not. Yeah. I'm. I'm so Monday, exhausted. Monday. Monday mailbag, I don't think we have anything. So we're going to skip that. I, I just, I can't believe we're at this position we are at now. It just makes me so proud. I can't say it enough about our team and our university. You know, when I when I put on, basically every weekend, I only wear UCF stuff. Whether it's a polo, a shirt, a hat, I always have something on. You know, because I, I just love showing off the UCF school spirit to everyone. And um, God, it just makes me so dang proud that I go to the best. I went to the best university in the country. You
1: bet, man. You bet. And yeah, nothing but proud for these boys. We're just getting started. Only six years ago, had we never really accomplished anything. You know, when I first went to UCF, we had never won a bowl game. We had actually only ever played and won. We had never played a football game in our own stadium. We never even won a March Madness game. I'm just so proud of my school, and I cannot wait for what the future has in store.
0: All right, wrapping it up. Speaking of the future, I know we teased this big interview last week, but uh, since we had so much to talk about this week, we're going to save it one more week. I know you can hang on just one more week. Next episode,
1: Uh, uh, life-changing interview. Well.
0: It was life-changing for for us, I would definitely say. It was cool. Like, growing up and watching this guy on TV and even in high school, like, if you told me that we would be interviewing this guy, I would say there's no way in hell. Never. It's a dream.
1: I mean, that's what you said when I told you I got him to agree to it, so.
0: Pretty much. Uh, I thank you for, for getting this, of course, since, you know, you're so famous. You are the UCF Problems. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun. So look out for that. I guess that's pretty much it. Uh forgot one other thing I forgot to mention. I think I, like, tore my shoulder or something, jumping up and down on all those three-pointers we made. So... I'm listed as day to day, but I will be back in commission Two also might've broke my toe. It's completely black and blue, but
0: Oh yeah. That's what happens. You sent me the picture, but please don't send that picture. out. I won't, I won't tweet it,
1: but uh, that's what nasty. happens. You know, left it all out. There's a fan. What can I say? I'll be back better than ever. Um, all right, that's it. Go Knights. Charge on.
0: Some Nation.